0: Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I am doing great. I wanted to tell you something that happened this weekend. Oh, tell me. I'm really working on my relationship with my children. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's different now that the kids are moving out. Right. Right. And And, Daniel reminded me, he was like, you know, mom, we haven't done anything, just the two of us in a long time. mm, Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. My my youngest asked me to go out on a walk with her yesterday and I was like, okay, I'll go. And then I had my phone out and she was like, no, no
0: phone, just Mm -hmm. us.
1: And I was (laughs) like, got you. Let me finish this. Got it. And you know, put it away.
0: I like that our kids can tell us what they want. And then we can hear the message. Mm-hmm. And be able to give them what they need. And I know I'm not doing that all the time. Like, my kids still had to remind me, you know, it's been a while since we've done it. It's like, you know what, you write. Yeah, I bring that up just because the relationship between us as moms with our children mm-hmm. is so important. And I realize that I'm fortunate because my relationship with my kids are great, but I know that there are mommy issues that come about that affects us as adults or affect mm-hmm. our children as they grow up, Right, which is why we wanted to have that conversation today.
1: Yes, I think relationships with our moms are often like very, can be complicated, but we mm-hmm. don't really talk about it. We always hear about daddy issues. Always hear
0: about daddy Always, You know,
1: daddy wasn't there or daddy didn't do this or whatever. But um, we don't really talk about mommy issues. So I know
0: they're real. I know they're real. I know. My
1: my running joke with the kids is like, look, chances are is that you're going to probably have to do therapy. But I'm trying to minimize (laughs) the amount of things that I send you to therapy for. Okay? So I try my best. (laughs) And I'm just trying to minimize the amount of things that they have to go to therapy and work out. But... You You say
0: that and I say, all right guys, our health insurance covers mental health. (laughs) So if I am messing up right now, I'm at least providing you access to to therapy to to help you get right. Cause I know I'm not doing this all right. That's why today, that's why today we bring with us Dr. Leisha Cox. Hi, Doctor Leisha. Hey there girl. Hey. Hey I, girl. Hey. <laughs> I want now, see that is perfect. That's just perfect. All right. I let me just tell you a little bit about Dr. Leisha. She is a physician, wife, mother of three, author, creative, visionary, and wellness strategist. She originally is from North Carolina and y'all, yeah, that's where I met her personally. Hey, by the way. I know I don't bring as many people on the podcast as Ramel does, and so I'm very happy to say this is somebody I know and I met Dr. Alicia and her husband uh, back in the day when we were growing up. So I'm really uh, blessed by having a chance to have met them and get to know them. Well, like I said, she's originally from here in North Carolina, but she's worked in Alabama since 2009, so by day, she provides psychiatric services to children and adults with mental illness. With the rest of her time, can you imagine her even having a rest of her time. But the rest <laughs> of her time, she is a highly sought-after parenting expert and dynamic public speaker who desires to shift the motherhood narrative. Who else better to come here and help us have this conversation on mommy issues? But Dr. Leisha Cox. So, welcome, Dr. Leisha. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Well, help us get started with this mommy issues topic.
2: Yeah. So you both bring up such good points about this, that we often talk about daddy issues. But what about mommy issues? Because those things exist as well. And we often think in society you know, moms are ever present and nurturing and uh, loving and compassionate, mm-hmm. and that isn't always the experience that children may have, or as adults that we may have either. So it's it's a good thing to talk about.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, just you know, just to get us to kick us off. How do how do you recognize when somebody has mommy issues? I'm going to tell you the truth and you guys you can write to the podcast talk to us at girlpodcast.com if you have an issue with what i'm about to say but oh i will God. look at <laughs> i you know i might look at the young girls who are swinging around the pole for money and go oh they got daddy issues i'm it might be wrong but that's what i say you go ahead and send the podcast an Direct email to if you <laughs> Face, but the Twanda point girl. is, <laughs> but the point is, you know, I feel like we have in society have decided not just me, but decided what daddy issues look like. How do we know what mommy issues look like? How would we even know we have mommy issues?
2: Right. Yeah, I'm not going to co-sign on the girl on the poll comment. Okay. So that, I that's agree. Good direct, idea. direct responses to Twanda, but no. Um, in all seriousness you know, I think there are a couple of things that we can look at. One is around self-esteem and identity as a, as a woman, as a girl um, growing up, ideas around our beauty, our value, our worth. I think we can also see it in toxic relationships that, mm-hmm. um, particularly for women, that women have with other women. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard young ladies say stuff like, I don't get along with females. Me and females don't, we just have drama um, and that kind of language um, Mm -hmm. that comes out sometimes. Um, And then just even in our work environments, the same kind of thing, we may feel like we're struggling with imposter syndrome and being able to feel valued and to feel that we are capable and, and adequate. And then lastly, I would say in our parenting, just things may not feel right with our ability to connect with our children, and that could all all be signs of mommy issues.
0: Mm, that's a lot. Well, we yeah we <laughs> talked about we talked a little bit once before about imposter syndrome. So how do mom, Okay, how would you say? Because you're, you're a psychiatrist, you get to see this up up close. My biggest reference to mommy issues are those that are bigger. Maybe more about vi, you know, I said violence, but abuse. Um, I think of Mommy Dearest, where the the mother was abusing her daughter by beating her with the metal clothes hangers, and I think about Penny on oh, Good Times, whose mom, you know, burned her with an iron. But I don't think all mommy issues are a result of direct abuse. You know, what causes this this mommy issue?
2: Yeah, I think it can be much more um, kind of insidious than that, but equally as problematic. So Mm -hmm. there's this concept of the mother wound, right? Mm -hmm. And so with the mother wound, it's really centered around this idea of the emotionally unavailable, the emotionally absent mother. So she isn't necessarily beating you down physically, but she is overly critical, Um, there's never anything good that you feel like that you can do. You, you don't measure up. Um, you're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough, um, that, um, there is not nurturing. There doesn't seem to be compassion. Um, there may not be hugs, physical touch. You know, the things that we think of, of our mothers as literally cradling us, um, Mm -hmm emotionally and and physically and those things aren't happening when you have an emotionally unavailable mother
0: see wow
1: well i wondered like for like the self-esteem i mean a lot of people have trouble with um self-esteem so how do we connect like what is it that you see ties a mommy issue to self-esteem like how does that come to fruition
2: yeah. So that is the first bond, right? Mm-hmm. That we have mm-hmm. in life is the bond with our mother. And mm-hmm. it happens in utero because we are literally attached mm-hmm. by um, the umbilical cord in the womb. And so even the the uterine environment, the womb environment, is critical um, because there are Insults that can happen um, with stress that a mom may experience, or nutritionally, that happens if mom can't get good, good nutrition um, and even in care, obstetrical care during pregnancy. And then when that baby is born, what's the first face
0: oh, yeah. outside of maybe
2: the OB? <laughs> I mean, it might be the OB, <laughs> right. but, but the, the one that immediately holds and pulls you to mm-hmm. is that mother. And you think about it when you look at just imagine when you looked at your baby. For the first time, what was in your face? What was in your eyes? Yeah. Sheer joy Mm -hmm. and just amazing, overwhelming love. And yes, because you're like, this, this came from me. Yeah. And we mirror that throughout their lifetime Mm -hmm. if we are healthy, you know, if we're emotionally and physically healthy, it gives us Mm -hmm. the ability to do that. And that gets disrupted. When moms may be stressed out because they're dealing with their own trauma Mm -hmm. that they've experienced um, in their lifetime as women or as children. And all of that gets disrupted. Mm
0: -hmm. So I have kids who have friends and I have identified some places where I know that they I anticipate they're going to have mommy issues because I get the bird's eye view. To see mm-hmm. maybe um, my kids' friends' moms not saying things like "Oh, you're not pretty enough," or um, "Nobody's gonna like you," know saying these these things. And I know these kids don't want to do, don't want you know you hear the hurt people hurt people. And I know mm-hmm. they don't want to grow up to to be that way. But when you have grown up with everything that you described, Doctor Alicia, um, uh, from from your own mom, how do you get out of that? How would these kids who I know who have grown up with moms who must be going through some trauma, you know, what could they do to shake that off so they don't continue to pass on that legacy?
2: Yeah, it is it is difficult, but not impossible. I am certainly one that believes in the power of, of healing and hope and restoration. Mm-hmm. um and healing from that is built upon the fact that that's your mother's stuff that is not your fault there is nothing that you do that you did to deserve what has happened and that you are still deserving of love and acceptance even if it's your mother that can't give it to you and so i think that that's where we have to start by helping young people and adults, whatever the age where that recognition is coming or those problems are coming, that this is not on you and that you are still deserving of love Mm -hmm. Um, because you can't move forward without that recognition. Um, And that's the thing that I think is probably the hardest to wrestle with because I think for many of our, particularly our young people, it's like, what did I do? How can I make it better? What do I need to do to show my mom that I am smart enough, that I am pretty enough, that I am handsome, that I can um, be whoever that she doesn't think that I can be. Um, How can I make her love me? How can I make her want me? That's that's where we start trying to fill that void of, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me fix it. Let me fix it. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying we got to interrupt that. The first thing is this is not on you. This is not your fault. That's number one. I think the second thing is just to acknowledge that that pain is real. It is Mm one hundred percent real. Like it's not something you need to sweep under the rug. You need to act like it's all good. Everything's fine. Just you know, time will heal everything. Mm. Yeah, I wish. I wish time healed all wounds, but it doesn't. So you can you can um, acknowledge that that pain is real, Um, and I think that also helps to usher forward this. Growth and healing process that has to happen.
0: So, you don't have to say, you don't have to. I, I, what I think of here, and I I like this, you're not having to heal your mom. You know, you don't have to fix her. You You just have to fix how you think of it. This was my mom's issue, not my issue. I'm leaving that with her, and I'm going to move on. I'm going to heal myself Mm -hmm. and move on to be different.
2: Yes. And I think along those lines is. Recognizing too that maybe some of this that your mom did was the best she could, and it may have been horrible and Mm -hmm. inadequate, Mm -hmm. but it was the best that she could do at that time. And so, I think being in a place, and again, this is a process of of Mm -hmm. growth, it may require Mm -hmm. therapy to get there, but to forgive her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can really heal you Um, because, again, it absolves you of the responsibility to take on ownership. Of, of what she did or what she didn't do. Um, but it gives you the emotional space to say, you know what? What you did wasn't great. It may have been the best that you could. And I can make peace with that. So it doesn't continue to be my wound that won't heal.
0: Yeah, that right there. We can apply that to every. <laughs> There's a commercial relationship. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can apply that beep to everything. I think this is one <laughs> of those when it comes to forgiveness and, getting past something is to recognize they may be doing the best that they can do in the mm-hmm. moment and that I'm going to forgive them for that and, and that which is one way that we heal ourselves uh, that feels like a theme that's coming up for me a lot I keep seeing that
2: pop up and I'll, I'll add to that like one of the things that I this is I heard this in church but like that forgiveness is for you Like it's for you because, Mm -hmm. you know, the analogy is forgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is so powerful. Yeah. Like I need it, you know, as if, if I'm the person that's dealing with whatever it is, in this case, we're talking about mommy issues, but I need that forgiveness because it will plague you, Mm -hmm. drag you down, keep you prisoner. Mm -hmm. And that is not a life that I think any of us really want, want to live. Yeah.
1: And I I think forgiveness comes into play, too, especially if you like it comes into play, period. But especially if you want to maintain a relationship with your mother, you know, um, because I'm guessing that there's some mother relationships that probably are best served to be severed. But most Mm -hmm. of us, most of us still want to see our mom at Thanksgiving you know, I mean, so, or have conversations with her. So I imagine there's a lot of healing that really has to take place in order to maintain that relationship.
2: Yeah. And along those lines, I think, you know, it is important to really be clear about the boundaries that you need to have in place to Mm -hmm. protect your peace. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's all or nothing, like either we are tight or we don't have a relationship at all. There has to be some gradation, if you will. And that may shift. There may be times where you literally have to put pause time out and Mm -hmm. say, right now in this space, this season, we're going to have to really mute our interactions together for whatever reason. And then there may be times when you can pick that back up. So it may be holidays that we get together, or it may be that there is enough healing on both sides when you can really work towards much more restoration and really reconnecting um, and um, reaffirming that relationship.
0: See, okay, so we, it feels like a lot of other topics are branching out. It's like, oh, you know, we talked about forgiveness and the imposter syndrome, and um, something else you just mentioned that it came up just made me feel like, wow, this, this we can really expand this conversation further. What popped into my head just now was about how many people talk about when they get married, oh, my mother-in-law, I've got issues, you know, having, it. so we talk about mommy issues, but we could also expand that to mother-in-law issues. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about the bride or the groom in the scenario, all the television shows like to say, oh, I can't stand my mother-in-law. I got issues with my mother-in-law. So oh, boundaries, that was the other one. Talking about boundaries in. Your relationship, how do you, you know, setting boundaries so that you see you, you do what you can with the mommy that you have and right. where, meeting her right. where she is. So you can still spend time if, if, if you're in a scenario with mommy issues, but if you're really good at setting your boundaries, that uh, the the interaction can still happen, but happen in a way that's emotionally safe. And I'm going to have to say, I think, I mean... We don't talk about these conversations that often in in groups of friends. Um, I think this is something that men and women, I know this is something men and women deal with. I'm starting to feel like therapy needs to happen for a lot of people just to to help us live our lives. Even if, because we say if we have mommy issues, maybe our moms were dealing with something and they were doing the best that they can do, but it still sits us here with mommy issues. So it feels like, uh, therapy or some way of a group group support life support. I don't know. It feels like something we should do more often. Um, I'm pushing. I'm pushing for more therapy. It looks like.
2: <laughs> okay, here it is. Hashtag normalized therapy. Mm, because yeah. you're right about that, and you know, honestly, like we get financial planners. Yes, we do. We get yeah. nutritional counseling. Mm-hmm. We get physical trainers. Pers- personal trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, we get everything career. to help us along yeah. that journey. Yeah, career um, coaches, mm-hmm. it, it, we get advice and coaching. Spiritual. But therapy seems yeah. like the dirty word, right? Mm-hmm. Why um, is Mental health and mental illness began being used interchangeably. Mm. Um, but we should all be on a quest to protect and nurture our mental health. That's a good thing. And, you know, mental illness is, is a part of life. And that's not to stigmatize when people are struggling and get diagnosed with a disorder. But we need to be much more proactive. And to your point, Wanda, we could do that better if we normalize mental health and therapy, because it's yeah. part of our evolution and growth that we all have to do. Mm-hmm.
0: We're not going to get that in regular life. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. teach me. I mean, you know, uh, my, when I'm doing my regular life, there's no session where we have to talk about boundaries and setting healthy boundaries and knowing what that looks like. That's just not part of regular conversation. So that's where therapy can, uh, be useful because you have somebody there saying, it's, you know, there's something going on right here. Let's talk about how to, how to set up boundaries. Cause that, I mean, again, that's just not the conversation you generally have. And it, it feels like, there, this is the day where we a uh, time where I do see. I feel like there are a lot of therapists out there. There's a lot of. I don't think therapy and life coaching are the same thing. I'm not sure that those two no. people can get that. Um, but but being able to say um, that there are therapists out there and they're regular issues. You don't have to be diagnosed with a with a psychological disorder to get a great benefit I from think- therapy.
1: I think that's the key in terms of um, the way, like we were brought up. It was like if you went to a therapist, you was crazy. You was crazy, right. you know. And <laughs> right, right, where there's a difference between physically. I mean, like you can have a mental illness and get therapy, but you can also just want to be well and go to a therapist. You can want to have that that overall well being of your your mind your peace and and go to a therapist and but when i was growing up it was like if you went to a therapist Mm
0: -hmm. there was
1: something wrong with you opposed to you learning how to manage cope feel better Um, right and so i think we like you said we need to normalize Normalize. the idea of going to therapy
2: well, I will add, I, there, what, there is one wrinkle that I think has made it difficult for us to normalize therapy. And that's just the way that our healthcare system is set up.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: if you want to see a therapist and that therapist takes insurance, they have to bill a diagnose, diagnostic code. And mm-hmm. so I really, this is off topic, but I but mm-hmm. I would love to see a shift in the healthcare field where therapy becomes a service that you don't have to have. A certain diagnosis oh.
0: to get it covered
2: because I, that that's what contributes to some of this idea that you know oh you got to be crazy you something's got to be wrong with you to get mm. therapy because our healthcare system has really set that in stone so we need we okay. need a revision in healthcare
0: yeah um, that is problematic then uh, are you saying is. that in order for your health insurance to uh, pay for therapy, you have to be diagnosed with something?
2: Yeah. Yep. There's there are it's everything that we do in healthcare is built on coding, billing, and reimbursement. So whenever you see the see the doctor, mm-hmm. they have to give a billing code, a diagnostic code and billing code to support the visit and the services that were rendered.
0: So what code is used for mommy issues? I'm just curious. <laughs> hmm, you've got mommy issues. We're gonna put that in for I mean, because <laughs> I mean, there should be I mean, like, seriously,
1: like you said, Dr. Alicia, there needs to be a space not just for diagnostics. It's for it's, uh, you know, where you're pinpointing that this person is bipolar or whatever, that this is a wellness, just like we have a wellness yes. check, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be a wellness check for your mental
0: health, you know, and Agreed. that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like a no-brainer right now. And I'm like, why don't we have this? I know. Is there it another seems- country that has mental health as a as a part of the wellness check? You know, you get your physical and this, and then you also get a mental health check as well. It's just part of the regular
2: physici- f- physical. I think we just haven't done a good job historically in this country of thinking about mental health as part of health. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we talk about it now and it's like, Duh. Right. But for a long time, it has really been ultra stigmatized. And again, it's just this idea that um, mental health and mental illness are used interchangeably. And what we're mm-hmm. talking about is health and wellness. That's really the space that um, I think we're shifting um, in terms of you know, what we are seeing influencers talk about and, and seeing coaches do. Um, but the healthcare industry, and particularly around, again, reimbursement, is slow to catch up. Um, And so my hope is that we can see trends, especially in light of COVID-19 and the mental health pandemic that has come on the heels of that, that we can see a shift so that adults who are dealing and children who are dealing with mommy issues can get the help before it turns into an anxiety disorder or Mm -hmm. major depression, um, or they get caught up in a cycle of, of substance abuse because they are... Trying to mask difficult feelings mm-hmm. with something that makes them not makes them numb. numb. Um, so, Doctor
0: Alicia, have you? Would can you say that uh, over uh, maybe as of late, recently, maybe as of COVID, that therapy seems to be something um, that's catching on, is becoming more normalized? I feel like I saw that Taraji P. Hinton is now pushing. For therapy, have you heard anything about that? The the Taraji, yeah, I feel like she's paying for something, or at least uh, trying to let everybody know that. uh, I feel like it was about therapy for men. Does that sound familiar? Well, she's got a couple.
2: She's got a foundation um, Mm -hmm. named after a family member um, around educating mental health, um, and she has a show. And then I think there was some initiative. To your point, that was trying to support. I think
0: so. Man, I, therapy, I feel services. like there was. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, but the point was, I feel like I'm seeing more because of COVID and we all are experiencing this collectively having, yep. coming out of a trauma, uh, mm-hmm. uh, something like this pandemic. I'm hoping maybe there will be more of a trend towards getting uh, therapy. And I think it actually helps. I don't know if it helps you as a therapist, but for us to be doing the telehealth. So now I can see a therapist in the privacy of my own home. I don't have to go into an office necessarily. I'm hoping that all these things would lead more people to therapy. Would you say you've seen any of that in the past year?
2: Yeah. People- um, mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, I definitely think that there has been more of a recognition like, oh, the way that I'm feeling, there's this is not how I have to feel. And there's something that I can do about it. I can get, I can get help. And like you said, Twanda, I can do it from my home. Like, so the, the barriers that may be in place, mm-hmm. um, right. Or in the past, big barriers around, oh, I have to drive to that office and sit there. And what if someone sees me, right. you know, all of those fears that we have can be eliminated because you're in the comfort of your own home in a place that hopefully does feel safe to you. Um so that's that's a beautiful option, so we're definitely seeing an uptick in, in folks wanting services and needing services yeah. well,
1: i wanna i wanna ask you so in speaking about mommy issues right and I'm sure all of us have at least one mommy issue to a certain degree, right <laughs> you know um because we are as moms we're all not perfect and um and we've probably left our kids with at least one thing to to work out, like I said earlier, but um, when do we know, like, it's time to engage a therapist? When, how do you, how do you generally gauge it? And I know every issue, every person is going to be different, but is there like a level that you need to get to to say, yeah, it's time for me to get some help?
2: Yeah. Great question, Ramel. Um I will say though, one thing that I often remind myself and others, uh, mommies, is that our children will thrive in spite of us. Hey, that's yeah, good. That's right? really good. Right. I was hoping that, for that. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> um, that's that's the power of, of resilience. We have to lay the foundation. I don't know any perfect parent nor any perfect kid. Mm-hmm. And somehow we managed to end up like, look how amazing all the three of us are. <laughs> and our parents weren't perfect. Our mamas weren't perfect. and Yes, right. we are incredible <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. Um, so um, I think that, you know, that, that's just worth saying. But yeah, how do you know? So everybody has a rough day or two or three, but the kind of things that I think that really would typify like warning signs would be you were finding it Harder every day to get up and get out of bed to get motivated, kind of to do the things that you need to do, like get up and get dressed to go to work, um, getting your kids ready for school. It's an ongoing kind of just labor intensive process that you often find that you're checking out emotionally, Um, you're staying in bed, that you're not wanting to talk to friends. People are reaching out and you don't answer your phone. You ignore block calls, other things that you may have enjoyed doing, like exercising, or um, if you're a movie buff, but that those things are no longer um, fulfilling or sustaining to you. Um, You may find that you are um, irritable, grumpy. People are like, what is wrong with you? Like you are (laughs) always on 10. Right. And there seems to be no trigger. It's just your kind of chronic state of being. Um, And then if you are just feeling so overwhelmed that you're thinking life would be better without you in it, or that your children would be better, like any thoughts of suicide to me are always a red flag. Like you need to get help immediately. It doesn't mean hospitalization per se. I'm not saying anytime you have those thoughts, but it is a big red flag that we take very seriously. So those would be signs that I would say to to let you know, I need to, I need to do something.
1: So if you are not at that if you're not at that point where, you know, it's changing your overall, I would say like your approach to your regular life, right? You're, you're able to get out of the bed and you're able to manage your kids. And what are things that we can do to help ourselves maybe separate or understand that we are not our mother's problems? You know what I mean? Like, okay. What
0: can we do to self? Are you saying?
1: Yeah. Like either, either that, or is that, how do we identify maybe that, you know, maybe I have a problem with my mom and maybe Mm -hmm. I need to go to a therapist or I need to set established boundaries or I need to, you know what I mean? Just to understand that I have a problem. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Alicia, what I'm hearing about, and I was listening to you, I was like, well, okay, those are really Depress it sound very like much like symptoms of depression, mm-hmm. uh, which you were just describing. And I imagine there are people with mommy issues that aren't quite that bad. Mm-hmm. right? That's right that um, where maybe MML, you said, let me know if i'm I'm hitting that right. But maybe when it's Mother's Day and you got to pick out a car, you're going, okay, what are we going to say this year? Or, mm. or you have to go and do a uh, a family gathering celebration and you're having to spend 20 minutes getting ready. All right, I'm going to do this. It's going to be okay. I'm going to tolerate. You know, is that, is that the kind of thing? It's not a depressive type, but you know you have some issues with your mom. Is that what you're saying, Ramel? Yeah, like
1: in – how do, how do we, if we know that we have like some issues, like it, are there things that we can do to maybe get us help get past those things or are we better to engage like a counselor to help or a therapist to help us through those things?
2: Yeah. Um, great questions that I, I think it's kind of, again, like much of what we do in life is along a spectrum. And so I went to of course. the deep end of the pool <laughs> right? Um, with uh, more serious issues. And I think uh, you, you were giving both giving examples of like, oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta call my mama. Or, you know, like, it's just that angst. Every yeah. time you know that there's going to be an interaction, like maybe it's a, a pit, the a pit in your stomach, or feeling of dread, or your heart starts racing or like you said to it's like, okay, all right. Okay. You, you yeah. got to yeah. okay, go. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, You do yeah. like you talk yeah. yourself through it in, in anticipation. Um, so those would be signs where like you really try and limit the amount of time. Like we, we got an hour and you've already <laughs> let everybody know that's it. Right. And then we
0: boundaries. Have-
2: that's boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. But if you, if you don't want to continue to feel that way, like if you feel like it's impacting your relationship with your children, because you feel like you're struggling to nurture your children the way they need, because you have memories of how your mom wasn't there for you or the time when, you know, she like verbally attacked you for a mistake, like those kinds of memories come flooding back and keep you from parenting the way that you and your heart desire. But there's just that block that happens. Um so if it's it's affecting your parenting, it's affecting your relationship with your girlfriends, you know, or just your friend group, um, mm-hmm. or even your relationship with your significant other. Your significant other may be saying, hey, you you may want to talk <laughs> to somebody about that. Because, you know, <laughs> themes tend to replay, right? right, um, right. And so um I, I love, you know, examples. And so I often think too about when you sweep stuff under the rug and I say, you can sweep it under the rug. But then what happens is you have a huge pile of boo-boo <laughs> under your rug that yeah. is a stumbling block, right? You fall, mm-hmm. you trip, mm-hmm. you cannot get past it. So the things that I think that you need to do, one, again, is just, this is not your stuff. What she did was not on you. Mm-hmm. So you can try and free yourself from that guilt, but the implications to, for your life, our, they are on you because mm-hmm. now you're having manifestations of uh, that trauma that are playing out and interfering with your ability to live the life that you want to. So um, I'm a big proponent of find your tribe, your your crew mm-hmm. that um, can really nurture and support you. I'm big on, uh, I'm a Christian, so prayer, meditation, um, that can really help you Center your thoughts and um, focus on something that's beyond just your right now circumstances. Something broader and bigger than you, and give you a sense of purpose. I think books can be um, really, really helpful. Um, and you can—I uh, can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but uh, but there, you know, I think there are resources that are available to you anything in um, the Brene
0: Brown category oh yes, that, yes. That, no, that she usually is fantastic
2: helps. yeah yeah absolutely thank you mm-hmm. um and therapy is part of that part of that too and then lastly I would just say like make sure that you do the basis like get some sleep you know you can't <laughs> That's process so and work true. through things yeah if you're, That's if you're so true. running on fumes like get good sleep every night, as much as you can, like seven to eight hours of restful sleep and monitor what you're putting in your body. So I'm a big proponent again, of healthy nutrition, junk in junk out. So put good stuff in and you can get good stuff out. And it just allows your body to be healthier. And um, it, it just really gives your gives you the ability to be physiologically healthy, which mind, brain, body, all of that is connected. So I think we need to really take a, a, again, a wholeness and wellness approach
0: to everything. See, I I like that because you're, and I think this is the part we're trying to normalize. No one argues with it's important to exercise. I keep hearing uh, meditation everywhere. That's a pain, you know, I, I don't know when I was growing up, if I ever heard it, but nowadays. That is an easy part. Nobody argues that meditation and mindfulness is important Mm -hmm. to your well-being. Nutrition also, no one argues with that as well. I think we're on to something by saying mental health Mm -hmm. therapy. Any any focus on making sure that you are also balanced in mental health is important. Dr. Alicia, you might not know this because, but in our our podcast we uh, we recently talked about, or uh, we are about to talk about menopause. <laughs> Don't know which one I've edited when we're going to talk about, it, but but still, you know, in different phases of our life. So I said menopause, but I uh, also say the empty nesting. We're all go- we're continuing in life to go through different yes. phases. Yep. So what we need to balance us at any point in our lives may change. And so yes. going back and reviewing what needs to change in my exercise life, my eating life, my Um, my mental health life is just something we should reevaluate on a regular basis. Absolutely. I agree. I think that's a wonderful place for us
1: to, to stop for today. I am like so happy, Dr. Leisha. Thank you. Thank you so much. Much because you have given us so much information and, and just a place to start. I think the conversation itself needs to be out there more. Because I think there are a lot of us who are, um, for lack of a better word, suffering from Mm -hmm. not addressing their mommy issues that they have. Mm -hmm.
0: Sweeping the boo-boo under the rug and then tripping on it. That's what I'm going to remember.
1: Really. And by the way, I love that because it does. We do trip over it we trip yep. over it and it, it's always there though. We don't see it, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. And so that is to clean that That crap out. Yeah. I was, was going to say
0: crap. So I don't have to post production. Believe it. she's it's not going to do that. That's,
1: that's her way of saying, it. I'm not going to actually take that out. But. <laughs> Just so you know, Dr. So, but before, before we go, um, Dr. Alicia, did you have anything that you wanted to share with the audience about uh, either projects that you're working on or um, where to find you?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I am all over social media doing what I think are great things around mommying and particularly for reclaiming our identity that exists outside of motherhood. Because as I like to remind myself, even though when I would pick my kids up from daycare and they'd be like, Hey, Chloe's mommy. Hey, baby's mommy. Hey, Evan's mommy. I'm like, this is Leisha. I have my own identity. <laughs> okay. Beyond these children. Right. Um, so that is, that is what I desire to do. And that's what my platform is built around. So you can find me, um, on Instagram at Dr. Leisha, Twitter at Dr. Leisha, that's at D-R-L-E-E-S-H-A, as well as on Facebook. Um, and I, um, have a book about mommy guilt that is, Just for us mamas struggling with mommy guilt Mm -hmm. and mommy issues can fuel mommy guilt as well. So that's Mm Ditch the Mommy Guilt, a blueprint for the modern mommy. You can find me on my website, uh, drleesha.com, D R L E E S H A.com. I blog about all kinds of things motherhood, mental health, faith, Mm -hmm. um, parenting. And um, I've got some self care cards coming out specifically designed around supporting our mental health in the broadest sense. Um, and so that's, that's coming down the packet and I'm really excited I about that. I want to
0: hear more about the self-care cards mm-hmm. whenever that comes out. Because yes. these, the, even though this episode will probably come out before your cards do, we can always go back and throw that in there in the notes somewhere yeah. because that sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And- I'm excited.
1: We'll definitely put all your information in the show notes. So our, if you're listening, you can definitely connect up with Dr. Leisha and see what she's got going on. And it's amazing. I love yeah, the she's whole idea of, you know, <laughs> just wanting to support mommies and yeah. keeping us like balanced, balanced. And like, we're here. Hello, I'm Ramel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, you know, because we get lost. You we become we more- do. We, you know, our kids don't call us by our first name. They call us mom and everybody else's kids call their parent, their mom, mom. And you become invisible from the time that they start saying, Uh, don't say your name. And not that I want my kids to say my name, but you understand what I'm saying. Right. Yes. Like all of a sudden our identity disappears. And so I love, I love what you're doing. And so, don't be afraid to go and check her out on her websites, her IGs, her all the things,
0: all her, things. yeah, all her. Things. Put the book link there as well. So. Thank you. So,
1: so I cannot thank you enough for spending the time with us. I know how busy your schedule is, so we want to thank you very much for doing so. All right. Well, um, and to our listeners. Thank you, listener, for coming through and listening. Um, we will—we are just excited that you came, and um, we'll see you guys next time. So, next until next time, peace, peace and, and blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast.
0: That's Girl with Three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcasts at gmail.com.
1: That's girl with three R's. <laughs> so until next time, peace, peace and, and blessings. And blessings.